Thank you for joining today's session titled, How to Protect Your Business Against VoIP Hacking, hosted by VoIP First Media, your go-to resource for making informed VoIP decisions. We encourage you to ask questions throughout the presentation by clicking on the question mark icon on the left-hand side of your screen. Please don't be shy. This session will be recorded and posted to the VoIPFirstMedia.com website following today's session. To adjust the layout of your screen, please click on the icon in the lower right-hand corner. I would like to welcome our host today, Jen Danis, Unified Communications Manager with SouthTech. Jen, thank you for joining. The floor is yours. Thank you, Karen. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to our webinar on how to protect your business against VoIP hacking. The agenda for today will begin with a brief overview on who we are, what we do, We'll then take you through an in-depth look at VoIP security, and we'll finish up with how we do it the South Tech way. But first, let me tell you a little bit about your presenters. My name is Jennifer Danis, and I'm the Unified Communications Manager for South Tech Solutions. I have been in the industry for over 15 years. Shane Kleckler, who will also be presenting, is the Director of Sales Engineering East for Sangoma. He has been in the VoIP industry for the last 20 years. South Tech Solutions is a managed service provider based in Sarasota, Florida. We started out as a small branch of an existing business, but due to growth, we spun off into our own company in 2007 and officially became known as South Tech Solutions. We have been providing managed services for over 25 years. Here are some of the key industries that we serve, healthcare, architecture, engineering and construction, hospitality, manufacturing, professional services, and nonprofits. South Tech Solutions is very client focused. We always believe our clients come first. At South Tech, we understand that we work for our clients and management is there to support our team in our mission of building long-term relationships with our clients. Feedback is something we value to the highest degree from both our clients and from our team members. Our clients have provided us with a client satisfaction rating of over 97%, which was based on more than 5,000 responses. South Tech also boasts a client retention rate of over 98%, even though our managed service contracts provide a 30-day termination without penalty. A little bit about what we do. SouthTech's managed services aren't like anyone else's. SouthTech understands managed services in a fundamentally different way. Other companies are naturally happy to sell you the products and service you ask for. They'll give you routine maintenance and remote support. They'll fix things when they break, but is that really enough? SouthTech doesn't think so. Ultimately, what SouthTech does is we help our clients sleep better at night knowing that their data is secure, that they are compliant so they can focus on growing their business. And we do this through our managed service offerings. Our people are the ones who lead South Tech's clients to success, but our services are the tools they use to find the way. PowerView Manage is our trademark comprehensive network management service. It's a complete service security and support solution for one monthly fixed fee. Our proactive approach to monitoring and maintenance stops problems before they start, and five layers of security keep their, your data safe. 
PowerView Secure is our security as a service offering that is tailored specifically to data security for your business. We typically put it in place for businesses that may already have an internal IT team handling the day-to-day -day business needs of supporting your employees, but want to have a dedicated team for their data security and compliance needs. We help keep your data secure from outside attacks, but of equal importance, we also consider and prepare for internal threats. We will also offer managed compliance services where we align cybersecurity with the client's compliance requirements. We validate compliance, identify gaps, and provide documentation to prove compliance. PowerView Voice is a complete unified communication solution built on industry-leading VoIP technology. SouthTech combines our industry experience with a consultative approach to truly get to know your business. We are there to help overcome any obstacles to achieving your business goals by providing you with more than just a phone system. We'll coordinate all aspects of your implementation, all with no upfront costs. We can also address all of your call center needs and improve your communications with customers and vendors. In 2012, SouthTech partnered with Star, a Sangoma company for our voice offering. Star's unique blended architecture was a perfect fit for not only us, but also for our clients. Since 2017, we have been consistently ranked as a top 10 partner. I would also like to now hand this off to Shane, who will walk you through an in-depth look at VoIP security. Thanks, Jen, and thanks everybody for joining us today. Uh, security with voice over IP. While it's a really big subject, today I'm going to give you a brief overview and some of the main risks as well as ways to mitigate those risks. Voice over IP is one of the most cost-effective network solutions a small business can purchase, but you can quickly take a bite out of those savings if you don't enter into it with your eyes wide open. Understanding all of the aspects of voice as they pertain to running on a data network is key to successfully deploying this technology. One of the most important aspects of VoIP, yet one that's really commonly overlooked is deploying projects and planning sessions is actually the security aspect. That can be an exceptionally bad mistake these days for several reasons. First, many businesses are moving to a much more distributed networking model due to, due to the pandemic. Users are working from home and for many companies that move may become permanent. That means your clean and consolidated office network is now connected to a potential rat's nest of home networks with unknown routers running unknown and frankly often default settings, as well as connecting to a hodgepodge of personal and unmanaged devices. Also, most VoIP providers these days have some form of soft phone. This isn't just a phone that runs on your PC or mobile device. For many providers, these tools combine phone capabilities with text-based chat, shared meetings, video conferencing, scheduling, as well as file sharing and data transfer features. Managing security for such powerful apps is really critical. Every device and service is in part responsible for providing a secure VoIP solution. Now that the voice network has merged with computer networking, there is an end of geography. Physical presence is no longer required to gain access to a VoIP system. This leads to a computer networking attacks having tremendously more access and tools available to conduct malicious attacks on VoIP infrastructures. 
Now let's talk about various types of VoIP attacks and their purposes. Analogies between war tactics and internet security are becoming more common as their proliferation of attacks on internet services increase in strength and diversity, including the attacks that are focused on VoIP networks. What's the first thing a hacker is trying to accomplish with the attack? It's, a, it's reconnaissance. Port scans and other directed VoIP discovery scans search through the internet looking for VoIP services. The hacker's objective is to search through the range of IP addresses looking for VoIP services to target with other forms of attacks. It's best to understand the tools and methods used to discover VoIP services, then simply detect these methods and not even acknowledge the VoIP service back to the hacker. If the hacker doesn't know where this, there is a VoIP service, they're most likely going to move on. And there's toll fraud. Toll fraud is a type of intrusion of service. Toll fraud has several different scenarios. These include the hairpinning of calls through an IP PBX, as well as spoofing carriers as legitimate customers. In every case, the intention of the hacker is to avoid paying carrier billing by directing telecommunications traffic through someone else's service. Moving forward, I'm gonna use the words IP PBX and PBX interchangeably. Whenever I say PBX, I am referring to an IPPX used in VoIP, not just a traditional old style PBX. Next, we have intrusion of service or the forcible attack by a hacker to gain the access, of access to the VoIP service. This is a very common type of attack. A hacker gains access by registering a phone or application to the PBX. Then acting as a valid extension, they can make calls as a local extension or disrupt normal operation by leaving voicemails or sending broadcasts to other users. Spoofing, identity theft, and spit are some specific types of intrusion of services. Spoofing is when a hacker attempts to mimic the attributes such as a VoIP phone or SIP trunking service and uses their own spoofing device to make calls into the PBX or on a lesser extent, mimicking the PBX and calling the phone directly or calling the SIP trunking provider directly. Next, there's identity theft or often called phishing. Phishing attacks generally use spoofing as a strategy to steal information. Spoofing attacks can be used to cause damage without stealing information, but identity theft is where the hacker has stolen the identity of a legitimate party and poses as that party. In many cases, this is accomplished by obtaining the configuration files from the provisioning server on the PBX. Next, we have spit or spam over internet telephony. Once the hacker is either spoofed or fished their way into the PBX, they begin calling every possible number with the intention of broadcasting a pre-recorded message or simply using or changing voicemail, auto attendant, and conference resources. Denial of service is when a hacker seeks to make the VoIP service unavailable to its intended users or carriers by temporarily or indefinitely dis disrupting services connected to the internet. This is typically accomplished by flooding the targeted VoIP service with superfluous VoIP and other requests to overload systems and prevent the legitimate service from being operational. And last but not least, we have eavesdropping. When hackers want to listen to VoIP conversations, they need to record the media stream. The attack performed is similar to capturing any other type of tra traffic traveling across the internet. 
finding com compromised devices to record directly from or stream the media directly to a recording device. <clears throat> now let's talk a little bit about the problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. Every corporate network connected to the internet has a firewall to protect it from hackers. They monitor and control all the traffic coming in and going out of the internet and should be configured to allow only specific services and IP addresses and block all the other random ones. For VoIP functionality, the firewall must be configured to allow inbound and outbound SIP traffic, which is the underlying protocol used for VoIP. Here lies the problem. Firewalls inherently deny all traffic. You must open the firewall to allow SIP traffic through, which also includes VoIP threats initiated by hackers. Firewalls will not translate the SIP messaging properly and cause call connection and audio issues. VoIP messages include a lot of nested information that needs attention. This is what often gets overlooked. While firewalls do not have the needed real-time and protocol security requirements for VoIP, they do still need consideration when deploying VoIP as they are part of every network deployment. As I mentioned, one of the primary functions of a firewall is to deny all unsolicited traffic from untrusted networks. To work around this, firewalls provide port forwarding that redirects a communication request from one IP address and port combination to another while the packets are traversing a firewall. It's important to note that port forwarding and NATing do not validate or inspect if the packet being sent is the application for intended use. If the firewall receives any UDP or TCP packet, it will be redirected to the defined destination, no matter what the content is within the packet. Fortunately, instead of allowing any packet to be redirected through the firewall with port forwarding, most firewalls typically have access control lists that define source IP addresses that are allowed to send traffic to the firewall. <clears throat> the SIP protocol typically operates on UDP or TCP ports 5060. SIP signaling messages are sent from one peer and redirected to another peer on this UDP or TCP port. Thus, the need for setting up port forwarding to allow the SIP messaging to traverse back and forth. The media or RTP packets can operate on any UDP port, but typically they're in the range of 10,000 to 30,000. That is a tremendous amount of ports to port forward and could limit others, uh, other applications use of those ports. It's not always a viable solution and not very secure if tens of thousands of ports are open on the firewall and directed to the IPPBX. These RTP ports need to be dynamically controlled, something a traditional firewall cannot do. <clears throat> In addition, spoofing source IP addresses is the most common and easiest way to bypass access control lists that I mentioned. Be aware that access control lists should not be the only security feature in operation. The SIP protocol is an application layer protocol of the OSI model and addressing within the SIP packet is independent of the transport layer IP addresses. Spoofing the IP address will have little to no effect on the SIP addressing of the VoIP packet itself. Some firewalls have a built-in SIP protocol application layer gateway, or ALG. A SIP ALG is a basic SIP protocol feature that changes private IP addresses to public IP addresses within the SIP packet. Though SIP ALGs are rudimentary at best, 
they're stateless as they don't understand the state of the call and often have undesired effects on SIP calls that are more complex than a basic call. It's recommended to turn SIP ALGs off and consider using something like a session border controller. SIP ALGs typically don't offer any security related features such as the ones we'll discuss shortly. Okay, really quick. Notice that the example I show in the picture is with a premise-based IPVX. It's very important to understand that these problems still exist in hosted and cloud environments where the VoIP phones sit on the trusted side of the firewall and register out to the cloud. For this webinar, I'm using diagrams with a premise-based IPVX because it's much easier to depict, to depict and describe the security issues that we're discussing. I just want to point out that the issues still exist in a cloud environment. Let's discuss the first option when mitigating this traditional firewall issue. This option is to integrate firewall functionality into the IPPBX. When a firewall is embedded as an application within the PBX, the firewall typically establishes a barrier between a trusted internal network and untrusted outside networks, such as the internet. The firewall on the PBX is focused on determining if devices on networks are trusted or untrusted, and applying access policies. IPPBX firewalls must also be responsive to VoIP, where if the registration attempt from a phone or peer is successful, the remote host is then added to a known good zone that has permission to use that protocol and is additionally granted access to UDP or TCP if those protocols are enabled. The incoming connection attempts are invalid from the phone or peer traffic from the source device will be dropped for a short period of time. If the attempts to authenticate continue without success, the attacking host will be blocked. IPPBX firewalls must also be flexible in defining trusted and untrusted zones, not only for VoIP services like SIP and RTP, but also for other management and configuration services like SSH and HTTP that are used on the IPPBX. IPPBX firewalls must be allowed to predetermine and manage blacklists. A blacklist is a list of network addresses that are in a permanent deny all policy. This means that any IP addresses defined on the blacklist will not have any communication with the PBX. An intrusion detection system or IDS on an IPPBX is an application that monitors communication into the PBX for malicious activity or policy violations. Any detected activity or violation is typically notified to the administrator. Typical IDS policies include registration attempts, password failure attempts, SIP packet signature detection, such as known patterns and anomaly detection or deviations from good traffic. The intrusion prevention system or IPS, usually associated with IDS, acts as the automated response system by proactively denying the malicious activity upon detection. This includes terminating connections and blacklisting offending parties. In this scenario, we've been discussing where the PBX resides behind the firewall and the firewall is port forwarding UDP and TCP traffic to it. It's critical that the IP PBX must have an IDS and IPS functionality to detect and protect from all these issues and attacks. <clears throat> Inbound routes are important on a PBX for all SIP trunking applications, as there are rules that define where the calls from service providers are to be routed to within the PBX. 
the important concept for security with an inbound route is not to leave any ambigu ambiguity in the route itself. You must make sure that every inbound DID number has a legitimate answer point. Not having directed answer points may lead to unknown and vulnerable routing within the PBX. All inbound routes are typically configured to accept call requests directly from the service provider as the firewall has port forward to direct all traffic from the service provider directly to the PBX. Calls in the outbound direction need some consideration as well. SIP trunks are configured to communicate with a service provider directly. With outbound routes, the PBX will send calls directly to the service provider. Outbound routes need to consider numbers dialed by use of class of service or other methods to restrict things like international dialing and other pay-per-call services to trusted endpoints only. Now let's talk about call encryption. Transport layer security, or TLS, is used to encrypt the SIP signaling, and secure RTP, or SRTP for short, is used to encrypt the audio or the media stream. In a SIP trunking solution, TLS between the PBX and the service provider will encrypt all the SIP signaling. The SIP signaling contains all of the caller ID, media setup, and other pertinent information useful to a hacker. When SIP is encrypted, there's nothing for the hacker to see. For the media encryption, SRTP setup of the media stream is contained within the SIP packets as well. The hacker does not have access to the SIP signaling because of TLS, they can't decode the media stream. Therefore, TLS and SRTP are a great way to encrypt things to ensure there's no eavesdropping of the call. A remote phone deployment in a branch office or a work at home scenario is completely different than with SIP trunking. Remote phones are dynamic in location and require significantly more calling features. Remote phones cannot be considered as peers like SIP trunks as phones register for services and change IP addresses really often across multiple devices and locations. Remote phones require automatic provisioning with file servers and possibly require web, web access and things like REST API access to the IPPBX. The interconnectivity between the remote phone and the PBX is really complicated. Solving this issue involves providing a firewall solution that's used to define the remote phone to the PBX relationship between various networks using the VoIP application layers, file provisioning, and other services, while at the same time ensuring signaling and media are secure. Remote phones are usually located behind other firewalls, presenting additional communication issues. For example, remote phones are most often behind other firewalls or NATing routers that are not SIP aware. The firewall functionality built into the IPPBX must be able to handle this far-end NAT traversal, as we call it, problem. While a good IPPBX with built-in firewall, firewall functionality can handle this, this is not something that a SIP ALG can do. Now, for the last five slides, I've been discussing integrating the firewall functionality into the IPPBX. Totally different option to mitigate the VoIP security issue is to add a session border controller, or SBC, at the network edge. In short, the SBC handles the firewalling of the SIP and the media traffic, while the traditional firewall continues to handle the data traffic. The SBC controls the VoIP traffic by processing SIP signaling and media streams to the defined destinations. 
SBCs typically use back-to-back -back user agent or B2B UA technology for processing the SIP traffic. The SBC intelligently controls communications for allowing SIP trunk traffic from carriers as well as remote phones to be directed to the PBX. One of the SBC's primary functions is to provide VoIP security, analyzing and protecting VoIP applications from malicious activity so they're, so they're protected from direct attacks. SBCs integrate many firewall features as important components to ensure overall security of the platform and VoIP solution. SBCs often reside between trusted and untrusted networks. This allows the SBC to protect itself as well as the trusted internal networks from malicious activities. There's major benefits when using an SBC in conjunction with your traditional firewall, such as the natting issues when using SIP protocol are resolved. Poking holes in the firewalls using the port forwarding is no longer required, and VoIP routing and addressing are vastly improved. Most importantly, SBCs keep all UDP and TCP ports closed and inaccessible, except for when they're being needed for a particular call. <clears throat> and finally, the session border controller generally has all of the functionality that we've been discussing a little earlier, plus sometimes even more. The SBC continues to provide the needed intrusion detection and prevention systems that we discussed. An advantage of SBCs over firewalls and other security devices is that an SBC combines stateful SIP knowledge and dynamic access list control. Very important to the security of the remote phone deployments and the protection of the IPPBX is the ability to stop the SIP reconnaissance attacks we discussed earlier. SIP filtering allows the SBC to apply, apply filters to all of the SIP messaging. In many cases, SIP reconnaissance attacks are made using known applications such as SIP Vicious and another one called SIP CLI. These have known user agent headers that can be identified and filtered by the SBC. Remote phone solutions have a significant increase in the complexity and quantity of SIP signaling. SIP request, SIP request rate limiting looks at the individual SIP request within the SIP protocol and applies, and applies rate limits to that. For the remote phone application, this can be applied to limit any sort of denial of service attack at the SIP protocol level, and also to further scrutinize any VoIP traffic to specific rate limits. SBCs can handle encryption using TLS and SRTP like we talked about. In a remote phone solution, this can be helpful when the IP PBX doesn't support TLS the SBC can handle it. For authentication, the SBC is an intermediary device between the remote phone and the PBX that allows the authentication to transition between the two network locations. This is helpful in preventing malicious call attempts to the IP PBX. Lack of authentication can stop the call at the SBC. One interoperability feature the SBC can provide is the detection and correction of malformed SIP packets. SBCs can ensure that all the SIP packets received are correctly and automatically corrected to conform to the SIP protocol standard. SBCs also provide the ability for primary and secondary flexible routing. Should the primary IPPBX destination be unavailable, the SBC can reinitiate the call with a secondary PBX destination to ensure that communications stay up. 
And SBC is also able to handle transcoding and the dynamic port allocation that we discussed earlier. This keeps ports closed and less needed and prevents injecting or modification of the media stream. While I mentioned that the use of an SBC is a different mitigation option, you can use an SBC by itself or in conjunction with a firewall-based IPBX like we first talked about to create a really robust solution. So that is a lot of information in a little time. So let's summarize really quickly. You need to start with security as the first policy. It's best to get a secure solution operational, not just a solution operational. We have to consider the IP PBX as a mission critical application. Loss of the PBX service will have a direct loss on the revenue generation of the business. Using an SBC device devoted to security features, as well as using the security features available on a firewall-based IPBX will help protect your VoIP application. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to turn it back over to Jen to talk about the South Tech PowerView process. So South Tech has a very unique approach. Uh, we do it through our PowerView process. So South Tech's PowerView process is a set of principles and key steps designed to help companies turn technology into a real business differentiator, which helps them achieve their business priorities and goals. The way that we do it really boils down to our systematic process-oriented approach to technology consulting. We do things this way for one simple reason, it works. Our clients get completely reliable, custom-built solutions that fit their business right now, but are flexible enough to grow along with them in the future. Next, I'll touch briefly on each step within the process. The first step is believe. It all starts with the right mindset. You've got to believe in technology as a positive force for protecting your business, one you can use to harness and overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. It might sound strange at first, but we've found a tech-positive attitude makes all the difference. Like most people, we do our best work when we're collaborating with people who see the value in what we have to offer. The second step is strategize. We'll sit down with you, learn about your company's goals, and show you how technology can help you reach them. We will also want to know your business needs and any challenges you are currently facing. This information is truly critical to designing a flexible, robust system that will grow with you. The next step is build. Once we're sure we understand your company, its needs, and how it operates, we'll put it all together. That means more than just installing the components of a custom design system. It also means training your people and partners on how to use it. After all, the most advanced technology you can buy can't help you if nobody shows you how to extract value from it. And step four is support. It's time to hand over the keys, but we're still not done. After you're up and running, you'll enjoy our industry-leading one-two punch of proactive monitoring, maintenance, security, backups, and reactive support, escalation, incident response, disaster recovery, all of it combined in our reactive services. It's simple, comprehensive, and effective. But here's one thing that it's not, a one-size-fits-all approach. Every South Tech client will experience the PowerView process differently custom tailored to depending on your needs and your goals. So that was an overview of how we are 
who we are, what we do, how we do it, and I hope it gives you a good idea of VoIP technology, security, and how to protect your business. And I believe uh, we'll be handing it back to Karen. Is the session border controller included as part of a basic VoIP phone service or is that a custom configuration? So with Star to Star, um, the way that South Tech approaches it is we actually do their Business Voice Plus offering, which includes a Starbucks. And the Starbucks is essentially a session border control. So it handles all of the SIP traffic and the VoIP processing. And we always install it in conjunction with a firewall as well to handle the data and secure your data traffic. This sounds complicated. Can you assist with this? South Tech handles all portions of your implementation. Uh, once you work with South Tech, we even will call the internet carriers for you, hold your hand every step of the way. Our white glove approach has always worked for all of our clients. Good information, thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's session and look forward to seeing you at the next event.